Calvary Cast listeners. We are back. Gone for nigh on a month. But when you're celebrity podcast pastors like we are, you know, things happen. We get asked to speak at a lot of places. <laughs> get called to a lot of conferences. Yeah, it's just, man, book deals. And other other podcasts so have us on. on. Yep. And it's just a busy. So trying to get to our own podcast is just it's a, a challenge. challenge. Yep, so. it's a challenge. If you are new to the podcast and you don't know that we're actually not celebrity podcast <laughs> pastors, Welcome, I'm Graham and he's Jess. If you hadn't detected it by now, you, you probably will though at this point. <laughs> Especially with today's topic. You'll yeah. be like, these guys even have a podcast? Wow, who's it's listening weird. to this? Yes, well, we are back. Uh, oh, I have something. We actually hired Graham because he was good looking and we needed somebody good looking on the platform, so. I never got to play that in a prior podcast and I wanted to. <laughs> Context is everything. That was a good clip. You're going to keep that, aren't you? You'll probably put that on every podcast. I probably will. Maybe we'll begin each podcast and end each podcast with that. That was like two months ago or something now. You know what we need? Maybe we need in our intro uh, like little clips here and oh, there. You know what good. I'm like? I have another to- one, which I'm going to pull on you sometime, which which I heard, which taken out of context is really funny. That I said or you, you said? You said. Okay. You said. It was really fun. My wife actually identified it. <laughs> so I'll find it and I'll I'll play it sometime. I'll be like, what were you talking <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm afraid. <laughs> no, it's good. It's really good. So that's uh, that's it. Uh, I was going to banter about the dreary weather, but the sun is shining. It just came out. It just came out. And so, that we, big, uh, yeah, it has been really, really not good weather. But if you look, it's pretty much everywhere like that. And this has been an unusual winter, spring, spring. now. Yeah. yeah. Especially for here. Uh, that is all the banter I have. Do you have anything else to banter about? I don't think so. Okay. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's get to our uh, book of the month. the month when sinners say i do and it is the end of the month and we're talking about the book of the month for march uh so you can only get this book for the remain what is what is the day you have like eight days left yeah but we have we only have one more copy that was out on the table yes so this was a bestseller (laughs) bestseller a cbc bestseller (laughs) granted we also bought fewer copies <laughs> of it because <laughs> we learned that all because our books aren't selling but they do a few here and there but uh, they aren't just available for that month no. it's still out there right and and i will buy more if we need more but why why did we pick a little book called when sinners say i do yeah this book i've used with couples and premarital counseling and other types of marital counseling as have you because mm-hmm. it's so helpful it is helpful uh, by Dave Harvey, When Sinners Say I Do, subtitle, Discovering the Power of the Gospel for Marriage. Mm. And the reason this is so good is because um, it it's it talks about the fact that when two people get married, they are both sinners, mm-hmm. and they're bringing their sin into this marriage, mm-hmm. which is why they will have problems. Yeah, And this is how... Dave, Dave Harvey's helping people understand that in marriage you have to apply the gospel. That knowing that you're a sinner bringing sin in, 
uh, and and also how you know you're applying the gospel to your spouse, knowing they're a sinner and they need grace, like you need grace. So it's mm-hmm. it's helping you view your gospel from the perspective of or your marriage through the perspective of the gospel of grace, yeah. with things like forgiveness and mercy and patience and forbearance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's very helpful. I I think that we could pretty easily say that most of the issues that arise in marriages are because we don't understand some of these gospel issues. Right. You know? I mean, there are, yeah, it, it, sin happens in marriage all the time. Yeah. And we need a proper understanding of the gospel. And so, you know, thinking through, like even, you know, as an example, what happens sometimes in marriages is when you have a problem. Mm-hmm you automatically assume it's the other person's problem and not you. If they would just fix themselves or their problem, then you'd be okay. He helps alleviate that. And the other thing I was going to say is this, this week's passage uh, for our sermon Mm -hmm. is Romans six verses five through 12, I think is what we'll pretty much maybe be able to work through. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But (laughs) the whole point is of that chapter, chapter six is how the gospel applies to our life. Yes. Or one aspect. One aspect. One aspect of it, which is our relationship to sin Mm -hmm. is changed now by the grace of God in the gospel and our obedience to God and our pursuit of holiness, sanctification, is an outflow of the gospel. And as we're pursuing it, as we're trying to obey God, we're looking to the gospel we're remembering the gospel, we're appropriating the gospel, and then we're putting the gospel into practice. So that should be in our personal pursuit of holiness, but also in our marriage. Like, how often do we miss that? Like, are you are you applying the gospel to your marriage mm. each day, yeah. right? And in that particular relationship. And it's amazing, even, even if you have kind of a for lack of a better term, a messy marriage, like there's a lot of issues or whatever that are going on. Even just if one of you is applying gospel principles, it will make a difference. Right? Yes. You know, it really will. And by God's grace, when both of you are applying these gospel principles, boy, that's where like real change and growth right. and reflecting Christ's love for his church, all of those things happen. That's in right. Whole another way. So Yeah. So I think this is a different book than a regular marriage, you know, right. book on how to or whatever this is speaking more from the perspective of the gospel uh, like the how-to books there may there's a place for those but this is foundational to all of that right right? Right. if if you have issues with communication in your marriage it's helpful to learn some skills for that but if you don't have a biblical foundation of the gospel understanding forgiveness and grace and mercy and seeing the best in the other person all those kinds of things your communication skills are you know yeah not going to be I mean, they could be better, but yep. yeah, that's right. Gospel. Yeah. And I think sometimes with, um, in life in general, as Christians, we're really good at applying the gospel to other relationships mm. outside of our home. Mm-hmm. So like if you, you're out in the workplace, you try to apply the gospel in your, you know, evangelizing mm-hmm. your people you work with, caring for them, yeah. whatever, uh, or, you know, in the church, you know, applying the gospel to other people or helping or whatever. And then in the home, it's different. Yeah. And like these people you live with in the home, your wife, your children, they don't need the grace of God or something. <laughs> yeah. you know? It's like we show no, sometimes there yep. can be no grace in the home, no gospel in the home. Yeah. And this, this book will help 
set the marriage on the right trajectory. Cool. So run, don't walk to grab the last copy of When Sinners Say I Do. Yep. And whoever has my copy, if somebody has stolen my copy, I'm going to show you grace. But I've lost it. Yeah, I can't find mine either. So I've given a couple away. We though. Have I've ordered and then given away. Marriage book thieves in our church. Next month's book, theft. Yeah. What did you? I I heard a comedian once, and maybe I've said this already before because I've said it. If you do, time. we'll edit it out. But like, uh, this comedian, non-Christian comedian, but he was talking about how he stole the Bible from his hotel room, <laughs> and he said I was reading it, and I got to the place where it said, "Thou shalt not steal," and he said. You know, they should really put that in the beginning so that, you know, <laughs> you don't steal the Bible, right? You know, put it right on the first page. Thou shalt not steal. Okay. Anyway, I thought that was funny. Always stuck with me. That is always stuck, stuck with you. All right. Topic of the day. Topic of the day. Uh, I have a number of titles for this episode. Dating for Dummies. I kissed dating hello, just kiss dating goodbye, or any other ideas. Well, those are all good. Those are all good. But a lot of people might not, well, maybe not a lot of people, but some people might not know like the, the kiss, kiss dating goodbye reference Yeah, from the now heretical apostate yeah. Joshua Harris. Yeah, yeah. So we decided to do an episode on dating, and, that, and it fits with our marriage book. And this, just as a, a little shout out to people, right? This is a listener-suggested topic. Okay. So you give us ideas, and we do it. Now, if the content of this stinks, it's not our fault. It's the listener who sent us the information, which we'll name nameless just in case it be embarrassing or something they're asking about dating. But right. So we're talking about dating. We're talking about dating. And uh, maybe we should set the stage a little bit because it is an, uh, We could talk about our dating experiences. Mm -hmm. They're very different, I think. Mm -hmm. Yours and mine. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, they'd be very different. <laughs> I wasn't a Christian. We weren't like born again right. people when no. we met, and it was a different environment yeah. and um, scenario. And yeah, yeah, we met when I was in the Air Force, and yeah. Um, dating was just different than yeah. what it would have been if we were believers Christian. at the time. Yeah. yeah. So. I don't know why that makes it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that the point is God can redeem dating. Yeah. I think so. Something like For that. For sure. Yeah. We were in Bible college. Because what I would that. say, you couldn't, in other words, you couldn't look at my life at that point and say, this is what I did. This is what you should do. Mm. Because it should look very much differently. Right. There, you know, there's, more God honoring principles involved yeah. and things and uh, that would be different. So we're clarifying, we're talking about Christian, Christian dating, dating, right? Exactly. Not just like as the world talks about dating. No. And isn't that important that the, that Christian people distinguish right. that just like with everything else, right. there should be a holiness to our dating. Yes. So a true Christian's dating will be different right. than in some ways. Yep. Than what the world should be, should be yes. than what the world is. It shouldn't look right. the same as the right. world, right? Exactly. Okay. I think the thing that's hard, like what does the writer of Ecclesiastes say of the writing of books? There is no end of the writing of dating books and methodologies. There's no end. Yeah. And part of the pro the thing with that is, and especially in Christian circles, this is if you're a single person, this consume can consume a lot of your thinking. Mm -hmm. Dating, trying to find a person to be married, the desire to be married, it's a good thing, mm -hmm. right? Um, and and it can be frustrating if you're a Christian who's trying to find a, another Christian person 
to marry and can't find one and and then there's a lot of yeah questions of how how we go about it and things like that and the bible doesn't give us a manual per se right there's no book that we can open to that just says this is what dating looks like the bible doesn't even really have a concept of what our current our current understanding of dating would right. be so so we have to approach this principally principally, principally is that the word principally? no i think it'd be principally. from principle yeah from principles right so maybe we should first just say what is christian dating or what is that can we define that if we can't define that we should probably shut this thing down right well i think we can define it by like uh a christian who dates a male <laughs> with a christian female <laughs> okay who are spending time together and talking <clears throat> together and doing things together because there's some kind of either investigation into is this person right for me or they know and yeah. they're, you know what I'm saying? So right. there's like a connection between these two that is. There's, there's an attraction and right. a pursuit of another person for this purpose of marrying them. That's right. If the Lord were to will that. See, we can define that. That there makes we go. sense. This is now, this podcast is worth everything. That's right. This is going to be turned into a book next month, by the way. Okay. So. What is Christian dating? We basically have. Uh, do you have other things on that, or do we want to kind of talk about some of these principles? Let's try. Let's talk about the principles, and maybe we'll circle okay. back to other. My days. principle number one: don't date. Arranged marriages are where it's at. Amen. So we are. We are also starting a service with this. If you're Calvarycast plus subscriber, <laughs> we will help arrange yeah, a marriage yeah, for yeah. you. Uh, no, not really. Uh, I don't think arranged marriages are probably best option that saying though yeah. if you're a single person who desires to be married like and you're ready for marriage as we'll talk about that in a little bit right it's not wrong to make that known to like other godly wise people like i'd like to get married and if you know of somebody that might be a fit yeah yeah on the other end too this sounds crazy i know but i do think not a strictly arranged marriage, mm -hmm. but a marriage in which other people, maybe this is what you're alluding to, but especially family, mm -hmm. parents mm -hmm. are helping mm -hmm. guide would be the best. Yes. So let's say you're a truly born again young person mm -hmm. wanting to serve the Lord. I think that you listening to your parents and their guidance and wisdom in a spouse mm -hmm. is good. If Yeah, if your parents are believers. If they are believers and they are seeking what's best and, for you. And they have like a good marriage and so right. there's some things like that. Yeah, no, I yeah. think that's, yeah, that's kind of what I was meaning. Yeah. Okay, that's not really it. That that principle is just for fun. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I like arranged marriages, but okay, we can go on to the next Principle one. number two. And this, I think, is really a big one. Are you ready for marriage? Right. right. Age is not necessarily the determiner here. We're, we've we talked about this. You know, David and Callista, you're... Oh, I said their name. I can bleep that out if I need to, in case they don't want to be incriminated. I, I think they're just fine. What were they, 19 and 20? 18 and 19 when they got married? 19, yeah. And uh, we both had... thought, man, that's really young. Yes. And... Uh, but came to the conclusion it was the right thing to do. Yeah. That 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 it was that it was permissible mm -hmm. and 
and that, you know, the Lord could be in it. Yes. And I think that that's being shown to be true. Right. Because there may be situations where we, we would say, this is a bad idea. Yes. And this is for the wrong reasons. Right. See, sometimes with Christian young people, we should bring this up. They want to get married young because they know it's wrong to have sex mm-hmm. outside of marriage, mm-hmm. and they want to have sex. And they are attracted to the person, yeah. and they do have feelings of yep. infatuation for the person. All those things are there. So they're like, let's just get married so right. we can we We're can burning with passion, that's Paul right. says. So. I mean, and that's, that's a wrong, that's not a good primary motive no. to be married. You there is something to be said of learning some self-control for a couple of years until you're mature or get through your schooling or you're prepared financially or whatever it is. Because when you do get married young, especially in our society and you have not completed your schooling or your training for work and all those kinds of things, it can create more challenges Mm -hmm. in kind of that, you know, the, the economic, you know, mm-hmm. area in that. That doesn't mean it shouldn't happen. No. I'm just saying, like, there's those are things to consider. There's, and if just the drive is for the physical intimacy, yeah, there's a lot of other issues that are going on. Right, then. right. right. But yeah, no, because I mean, a person could be 30 years old and not be ready to be married. Yeah, mature maturity wise. That's right. Because I think that's what it is. So here's, I think the the there's some determiners. Determining when a person is ready to be married, I think, one, you seek out godly counsel mm-hmm. who will help tell you, in a sense, if you're ready, or help show you if you're ready to be married. And then a book that I'm going to recommend, I've read, I haven't read it all, but I've read a good portion of it. It's called Marry Wisely, Marry Well by Ernie Baker. And it's a book about preparing for relationships. And it has some really helpful stuff in it. Um, so I'll put a link to that in the show notes. But he says this. He says, I believe, and this is about when you're ready for marriage. He says, I believe the Bible would answer that when you have shown you are ready to assume the role of a biblical man or woman, you are then reaching the level of maturity necessary to be married. Hmm. And then he goes on to, de- and the, the important caveat with that is you have to define what a biblical man and a biblical woman is. Mm-hmm. And here's the, the go get this book because he helps kind of lay some of those principles out. Um, so I think there's a level of spiritual maturity mm-hmm. that is really required for a person to be married. Yeah, I agree. That's that would, that's right. And so when you're seeking out this godly counsel, you have to be willing to listen to the counsel. Yes. And, um, and somebody will probably say, no, you're not ready to be married. And some people in that age group, and I know I would have been one of them, are not really willing to listen mm-hmm. to God. It's a it's a sure mark of maturity mm-hmm. to be a person between 18 and, let's say, 20, mm-hmm. whatever, willing to listen to yes. godly counsel. And to seek it out. Because it seems to be more the case that people in, in those, when, when we're going through those ages, there's an immaturity that's expressed in, I know what's best for everything, for me, for everyone else, and so I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. And so I think with this too, though, uh, I would say, and I'm going to make a, not a law, but I think generally speaking, dating before you're out of high school is foolish. Would you agree with that? I think, I think foolish might be a, 
a strong word, okay. and I also think it could I, be cont- it dependent on the circumstances. I suppose, mm-hmm. right? I think it's probably not as wise. That's a, yeah, okay, right? maybe that's as yeah. maybe the other way. If I say foolish, it's more uh, reactionary. Yeah. yeah, because there are many stories of sure. high school sweethearts, right. and they met maybe at youth right. group, and they see each other, right. and then that was it. Like right. They just knew that was who they don't have any interest in being with anyone yeah. else, right? But sometimes, yeah, but I still think as a general principle, right, pursuing someone for a relationship of this magnitude right, at an age when, especially you're not ready to be married, right? is kind of a waste of time. The other thing that's interesting, I was reading an article that was talking about, and it was a biblical counselor evaluating, there's studies that people did on on uh, what dating at younger ages does for you socially and things like that. Because yeah. some people will argue, well, if you don't date like at young, 14, 15, 16, mm-hmm. you know, you're socially inept in some ways. And that studies actually showed the opposite of that, mm-hmm. that people that didn't date were more socially... Uh, I don't know, fit in better or whatever. And I think the reason is, is because they learn to develop relationships with all kinds of people. Right. Yeah. And I think that's good. I, I feel like, um, the problem is in, even in talking about dating again, is like (coughs) a lot of what high schoolers will do is they find somebody they like and Mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, we love each other and that kind of thing. So is it, is it like going steady are we talking about that <laughs> or like going out with a group and you have, right. you like another person in that group and you right. all went out to eat or something? Yeah. And I mean, what, you know, the, the level of there, what we're doing. There are here. like these crush feelings, right, that you're going to have at young yeah. ages. And this would maybe be my my word of counsel. Right. I think don't pursue those, though. Yeah. Right. Like if you enjoy, like if you're a guy and you enjoy a girl's company, you think she's fun, she's godly, all of those things, but you're 16 years old, I don't think you need to go and try and make that formal. Yeah. And I think some of this will be on, it it will involve temperament and personality. Right. And parental involvement. Right. Because you, at that age, you see somebody that you like Mm -hmm. and you get that infatuation with them. It's easy for us to say, don't pursue that. Yeah. But having those feelings this kid has to, and again this the the people that would say yeah you're right you know pastor graham said i shouldn't pursue this and i'm not that would have to be a very mature young right. person who can override right. very strong desires right right but i think that so i mean we're going way off the beaten trail but this is good it all this ties is, into dating, it all ties so in though but about. i think that as a parent and I've probably infuriated a lot of people by the things I've just said. But as a parent, like that's part of your job is to guide your child to help them restrain their passions. Yeah. And so you can it like it's not. I mean, I've been there. Right? <laughs> like, right, right. I understand that. But yet at the same time, you can just establish this principle. Like as our family, you we're not, don't date until we're a not certain dating age. Yeah. until a certain age. Right. And and I understand you have these feelings. Yeah. But let's hold hold the no. That's what I'm saying. Horses. I'm not a condoning the dating itself. I'm right. saying when you put in it in the we haven't talked about the parental role here. So the parents should put on yes. barriers, right? And they say whatever we say, whatever the age is. Mm-hmm. You can then pursue something where you're actually going to go out with somebody and right. and whatever. What I'm saying is for in the mind of that t- teenager, whether their parents have the rule or not, mm-hmm. the idea is getting them to not 
you know, have these strong feelings for somebody else mm-hmm. is unrealistic. Mm-hmm. It can't, yeah. it can't be like, in other words, it cannot be imposed from outside. Right now, the barriers, that's different. That's right. what I'm talking about. I'm not saying you just because a child has a strong feelings for somebody, you let them date them. Right. No, a parent would be foolish to do that. You have to put barriers around right. things in that, but then, but the, but the it, restraining of those, it, yeah yeah that, that's we, the challenge we can't put like we you can't put the adult mind into the teenage no. mind but that's where the parent has to guide right exactly and you're helping them evaluate these strong feelings and we do you know we got to understand in some in many cultures even some still in the world people are married in yeah. their teen, teen years All right so there may be some installation of these desires that was very naturally put mm-hmm. there by god mm-hmm. to get younger people mm-hmm. married but in our culture that has changed right and so um yeah you're right but they I, the serious dating relationships should be restrained and reserved until yes. there can be a follow-through with it of getting married yeah Calissa had a friend i knew this girl because i i knew her when she was a little girl in a previous church and she started dating this guy freshman year of high school. Yeah, and I shouldn't even say cause, well, Calissa won't listen to this podcast, most likely, so <laughs> I'll be safe. But I'm going to text it to her and be like, yeah. listen for your name drop. So, so Calissa and this girl were really good friends, but then we moved, and so social media keeps them in touch. Well, anyway, so this girl had this freshman boyfriend. I was like, this is so stupid. Like, I said, there's no way they're going to get married. Like, these things never last. <laughs> and she's like, I'll bet you, Dad. I'll bet you they get married. So we bet, like, 100 bucks or something. Really? Yeah, it was a oh, lot of money. Because <laughs> I knew it never followed through or she'd forget, which I think happened. I don't know. But sure enough, like, six, wow. seven years later, boom, they got they married. Because it's like, they got married. I told you they were going to get married Did or you whatever. pay her the 100 bucks? I didn't pay her the 100 bucks. I should, though. I should pay her up on that. Wow. But okay. that's an interesting story. So that there is- are, like... Exceptions, Those are exceptions, but that doesn't mean that it would have been wise for the parent to allow yes. them to start that kind of relationship yeah. at freshman year. Even though there's happy endings to some stories, right. a lot of times there's crushed. Well, the same thing applies in like your dating thing, right? Like yeah. your marriage is worked out like by God's grace, He's yes. redeemed it, but yet you wouldn't condone no. dating the way that you it's did. It's a hundred percent right, and so. that's how you got to do it. You can't always run at this from the perspective of well. I we did this okay. <laughs> or it turned out okay. No, you have to, right. you know, God is gracious in many situations, but there are others where we can see that it wasn't the, the same turnout. So, Okay, I'm going to b- jump our principles around. We've got, we're, this is going to be like a two-part podcast. Maybe we can pick it up a little bit. Uh, connected to the age thing is the reason that I'm saying that we slow the roll on dating till we're ready to marry is because dating is intended is about marriage pursuing. I think marriage. so. Yeah. It's yeah. Right. It is yep. not just the enjoyment of being with this person right. for a while. And then the, and next the warm fuzzies that yeah. I get cause this person likes me and that would be the world's view. Right. Because the world's all about how I feel in this relationship right now. Right. And it's for me now, but I'm not thinking about marriage, right. you know, uh, maybe right. one day with someone else or whatever. Right. right. Now with this, this is where we have to talk, I think a little bit about, uh, uh, I kiss dating goodbye. Okay. Right. Because that, so I grew up in the, I kiss dating goodbye era. If people don't know what I kiss dating goodbye, is, it's a book by Josh Harris, who was 19 at the time when he wrote this. And it was really a, putting forward a courtship principle in marriage and some really helpful stuff. Right. I know now the book is, uh, 
totally lambasted and there's all these horror stories of why I kissed dating goodbye <laughs> and he's an apostate it and literally, he's an apostate. He walked away from Christianity literally is so. rejected yeah all that aside <laughs> there were some like helpful things helpful things and that, yeah. one of the, I think the most important things was though that 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 we're not adopting the world's view of dating in terms of we're just dating for the sake of dating or to sleep around but there's an end goal and it's marriage right now at the same time and this is would be my wife's uh testament to this her first date she's 18 and a freshman in college and the guy's like i'm in this for marriage <laughs> you know and that kind of mindset is like hold on like yeah. maybe you don't start date one that way right uh but there should be if you're if you're ready to start dating you're also ready to get married right to a degree yeah and so how do you because like um it because one thing it forces these kids into a lifelong commitment. Yes. If they, if they go into it with strictly that I kiss dating by, this is a courtship to be married. Mm -hmm. Um, then it forces them into a situation way too quickly. Right. They got to make a decision by the end yes. of date one. Okay. Right. I'm going to probably marry this person. Yes. And that's silly and, yes. and destructive. Right. On the other hand, what we're trying to avoid is the concept that dating is for entertainment purposes, yes. just for fun. And we go from one person to the next. Right. So there's there should be some kind of seriousness involved right. in dating, not in making that relationship serious right away, but a real prayerful. And again, we're talking about Christian kids yes. here with maturity, a prayerful thoughtfulness of I don't want to just keep hanging out with this person right. when I don't foresee us being having any possibility in future being married yeah right so there's yep. a balance there that's kind of it's really hard hard to nail yes. down but it's like you you know you got to avoid both of those pitfalls yes so okay that leads to principle number three and i and maybe we've kind of already touched on this but i'd say dating is largely an issue of wisdom right you really do need biblical wisdom in terms of how this is all going to play out and you need to, and what does God promise? He says, ask for wisdom and he gives it mm -hmm. right. So I think that that Christian young people and parents and stuff like we're asking God for wisdom and the wisdom applies in one, how you prepare yourself and then wisdom applies in determining who you're going to date. Right. Like right. the book of Proverbs personifies a, a wisdom as a woman sometimes. Right. You know, and it says wisdom will keep you from certain kinds of people. Mm -hmm. Right. It will keep you from the men who say, let's lie and wait for others to shed their blood. And it'll keep you from the the wily seductress as well. Mm -hmm. So wisdom principles and all of this and cultivate godly wisdom. Yeah. in your own life. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see here. Okay. Principle, I don't know what number this is. Dating relationship, dating relationships should be governed by the same principles that any other Christian relationship should be governed by. First Corinthians 10, 24 says, let no one seek his own good, but the good of another. Hmm. So if you think about, in a, oftentimes dating relationships can become very like, me focused right this mm -hmm. person makes me feel this way mm -hmm. or i'm trying to like just sleep with them or mm -hmm. physical gratification mm -hmm. uh, uh neediness and i need to feel loved and validated right. by right. having a relationship and christian dating shouldn't be that way right because um if you approach the dating aspect selfishly uh that's what the the marriage will become exactly. And then as soon as your needs aren't being provided in the way you think they should, or you're not feeling the same way you did, yeah. you'll bail out. Yeah. Because really what for Christians marriage should do in part is a, 
it's the school of selflessness, right? Because <laughs> yes. you're learning to serve the other and love yes. the other and care for the other. And it's not all about you. And that will also make this way different yep. than what the world does. Nothing sanctifies you more than marriage. Right. And then after that, children. Yeah. And and what one the biggest way of sanctification is selflessness. Yes. When you're doing it right, when yes. you're being the way. And selfishness is revealed in I'm done with this marriage yep. or I'm leaving my family yep. or, you know, whatever. Yep. Um, yep, that's right. Uh, principle, next principle, pursue friendship before you pursue romantic interest. So in this, you know, it, that book I recommended, Mary Wisely, Mary Well, has a whole chapter on attraction, mm-hmm. which is really helpful because there is this element of attraction that's involved, mm-hmm. right? You're attracted to another person for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying oftentimes, like on the man, you're, you're attracted to a girl because she's cute, mm-hmm. she has a nice personality, and she mm-hmm. doesn't. You know, she takes an interest in you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so sometimes our first thought is, well, I'm going to ask her out on a date. And we're going to make this like an exclusive relationship. And I'm saying, slow the roll a little bit. Pursue just friendship with her first. Well, isn't that what, isn't that the dating too? Kind of. Right. But because I'm saying before you've... you've don't go- dive in. Right. But like wade in a little bit yes. slowly before right. you get in deep in. But right. Because like I'm thinking you see somebody... Okay, and this could be a girl in a group of other girls, let's say. And I'm speaking from a guy, or if you're a girl, it could be a guy. Yes. But there's something about this one person yes. that kind of stands out. You're yes. like, yeah, I like And it may not just be this physical, like, you know, wow, they're really, but it's mm-hmm. more, there's, so, there's something there that you're like, I'm attracted yes. to this person, want to spend time yes. with this person. So what you're saying is, when you have those initial feelings, mm-hmm. don't just dive head first into right. a relationship. Pursue a friendship, perhaps through the actual couple of dates experience, right? If you're old I, enough I, to do yeah, that, or like a group thing. I'm saying a group thing. Yeah, like group here's, things. Here's what I guess I'm, I'm also thinking, and I come from the Bible college Right. background. And right. you're talking about younger people I'm here talking now. About you're not young, talking about a 28-year-old right. or and, whatever. And that right. is, that like age and place in life is right. all going to factor. But right. I'm thinking primarily younger people, right. 18 to 25, right? right? And sometimes what happens is a young guy sings, sees a young girl and immediately thinks, if I don't move right now, I've lost her. Well, especially I, at a Bible college because <laughs> it's like, there's like four other guys feeling the same exactly, way you're feeling towards yes, this one girl. That is exactly yeah. it. And so the the thing is, I got to jump in right now. Otherwise, there's not going to be anyone left for me. And and that's, I'm just saying, slow the roll. See, I didn't bit. have that experience. So maybe that, yeah, that's good counsel for right. people in that situation. And, and what can happen is, is you can, you can, you know, potentially ruin something yeah you can make a friend a real true friendship awkward because if you just pursue the friendship maybe it'll come out like naturally like oh you know okay here's the here's one thing i'm thinking one scenario but we're this is going too long and i got somebody picking me up in 12 minutes (laughs) we got it but no so if if let's say this um you're in that group and you see a girl and you're kind of attracted to her and, and you can tell she's kind of a godly girl and mm-hmm. it's like, wow, this is nice. And you're like, oh, I remember what Pastor Graham said. <laughs> I got to take this slow. Next thing you know, a week or two goes by and then somebody else has already asked her out and then they're already <laughs> off engaged and you're like, okay. And then it's, dead. so w- would you say, would you say work 
like take your time with your feelings and diving in, but don't, don't like not do anything. Right. Yeah. I think (laughs) because then they end up single and alone and they think back (laughs) 20 years back to that girl. And they're like, I knew that I should have, I hadn't listened to that podcast. My life wouldn't be ruined. But Graham told me just to take my time and slow my roll. And nobody else did. So, I will plug a little mini book we have at the church called Who Should I Date? Mm -hmm. And it has some helpful questions based on 1 Corinthians 13 that you should be asking. So I think you pursue them, right? You don't like just stand back and watch them with binoculars from afar, but you seek to cultivate a friendship like you would with anybody else. That means you take an interest in them, right? You you, Do you have to do it in, especially like at Bible college? mm -hmm. And again, I'm, pulling on your Bible college experience <laughs> at Bible college. Do you have to do it in a group or can you just say, Hey, I'm, I'm Jess. Good to meet you. I thought, would you, would you like to grab some coffee at the coffee place here at the school and <laughs> whatever our little gathering place is and just talk for a few minutes? Yeah. You know, and, and that could happen. Totally could happen. Okay. So that's permissible. That, you don't have to say, Hey, I got to get three of my buddies and see if she can get three of her friends. Right. And, and we'll it's all, all yeah. Cause sometimes you're trying thing. to orchestrate like group things together yeah. just cause you want to maybe out. you should just say, Hey, no strings attached on this, but right. you want to have right. a conversation. The Bible school experience, especially in my experience, cause yeah. it's super small. You right. do that. You're automatically basically married. You're a couple. You're a they couple. walk by seeing, you know, Graham and Jenna sitting at the coffee shop yeah. and they're like, Oh, the, they're you know, married yeah. tomorrow. Right. Yeah, exactly. But so I that's, I don't know. There's some wisdom that yeah. needs to be there. Yeah. So in case other words, we're not making rules here. What we're saying is some principles that right. apply and like group date settings, or if, even if it's not a date, even if it's like a group setting and it wasn't purposeful, but you hang out in a friend's group for a right. while and you get to know. So I'm sure there's lots of stories. Well, like and here's the thing too. With with that is you learn more things about that person that you wouldn't learn in a one to one setting. You see right. how they relate to other people. Right. Uh, they're not trying to just impress you. They're just you just see them more normally. Yeah. That's helpful. All right. Uh, pursue purity. Principle number I don't know what, but like pursue purity in your own life. Yeah. Right. And then when you're dating, you right, better have barriers with that. You going better in. have barriers. And you we, do, and your and they got to be your own convictions. Right. They can't be your parents. And right. again, we're talking in part of this, we're talking to right family saying, put some barriers around right. your child. Are you it, talking about in the dating relationship? Yeah. Yes. Like you got to come in with your own purity convictions. Yes. About of, what this is going to look like, yeah. what we're going to do because and not do. Especially as any relationship like that develops. Yeah. Yep. You know, I've talked to very few Christian couples, mm-hmm. even Christians that started out the right way mm-hmm. were Christians like that, who didn't say, Nah, right. We we did things I wish we wouldn't have right. or whatever. Yeah. That's just reality. Yes. Okay. Yep. So you you've got to have these strong purity convictions. Yes. And if the one person if you're if you're starting to date somebody and they don't share those and right. they're trying to make you violate yours, yep. you've already shown this is not a person right. you should pursue. Yep. And if you're a young person dealing with purity issues outside of the dating relationship you're a young man and you're like steeped in porn dating you're not ready you're not ready i agree with that so so you need to pursue purity in your own life yeah uh okay two other quick principles here we can wrap this puppy up we're almost 40 minutes on you have one more okay a dating relationship or marriage will not make you ultimately happy 
right? right. I think that we yeah. think we think when we're single and lonely that if I just have somebody who takes an interest in me and cares about me and all that, my life will be so much better. Same thing times we think of that in marriage, and it's just not the because reality. Because they complete me. <laughs> it's cool. Isn't that that? What movie is that? Jerry from? Maguire. No, it's in. Uh, yeah, you complete me, Jerry Maguire, oh. Tom Cruise, Renee Zellweger, which we don't. I don't necessarily condone. Anyway. So, but anyway, uh, I will quote one thing from Ernie Baker again and Mary Wisely, Mary Well. He says, "Are you looking to marriage to make you happy or complete to give you identity or purpose? Are you looking for something in relationships with others that only a relationship with Christ can deliver? This is easy to do with romantic relationships, mm-hmm. yeah. very much so. Yeah. Okay." Uh, one more, and then you have one more after that. Use your singleness for the glory of God, right? First Corinthians 7, Paul is asking, some people are given the gift of singleness, right? and he's saying, I, I wish all were as me, because then you are free from the cares of family and all of these things. You have more time to invest mm-hmm. in ministry and people yeah. that you don't have when you're married and you have a family, and it's true. Like, yeah. I don't have as much time in some ways. Now, like, my ministry is better in other ways, but my schedule is much more limited. Yep. So use your singleness for the glory of God. Yeah. You have one more. One more. Trust the sovereignty of God. Ah. Because this is the one that should overarch everything. Because you you have to trust the sovereignty of God, whether he has someone for you that will be your spouse or yes. not. Yes. And you you give yourself entirely to God and you trust him to bring someone into your life if that's what he chooses to do. And um, you, otherwise, if you don't trust sovereignty of God, you rush ahead of everything. You're not really praying for wisdom. You've already made up your mind about a person while you're praying to God, sort of (laughs) like that. But you know, and if you aren't willing for God to say in his sovereignty over your life, you're going to be single to the day you die, Mm -hmm. then you're not fully yeah. Putting your faith in a sovereign God. And you say, well, I don't have the gift of singleness. God will give you everything you need. Mm. You have all the spiritual resources you need. He will be sufficient for you. He'll give you everything you need, even if he chooses not to give you someone. Because I think that's the biggest fear for young yes. people probably that I hear is yes. like, I'm just afraid that. I'm not going to find anybody. I don't want to be single. And they panic. There's yeah. anxiety. I'm 19. If I don't find someone now, I'm going to die. Of- right. It's, made. it's anxiety, old. it's fear. I don't want to be single my whole life. And yet that may be God's will right. for you because right. um, he does that with some. Yep. And you talk to them, they will sit, tell you if they're godly people, they'll say God is sufficient. Yep. He, he gives us the grace to be single. Most people, though, God graciously gives. Yes a spouse and you need to trust him in that and don't don't overlook things that are big red flags Mm -hmm. and don't all that kind of stuff you know trust the sovereignty of god god gives your parents wisdom if they're christian parents god gives uh, your pastor's wisdom Mm -hmm. the church should be condoning your marriage you shouldn't be in a situation where the church isn't condoning this all those things. But all of that just ties back to trusting God with your entire life. Yes. Okay. We've gone 43 minutes. That was a lot more than I thought we would yeah. say. But I enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, I did though. too. That was fun. Hopefully people find that uh, interesting as well. And we have even more things. We could do a two-parter. Things we, to you consider could talk about this dating. a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of things to be said. But hopefully this gives people some some things to think about and, and some principles maybe to apply 
when they are dating. We love to hear from our listeners. So if you have feedback on this episode or you want to send us another uh, suggestion, we would love to hear from you. If you're part of our church, come up and talk to us on a Sunday morning or throughout the week. Give us a text or a phone call. If you're outside the church, send us an email at thecalvarycast at gmail.com. If you're on the Instagrams, follow us at thecalvarycast. At Calvary, we exist for the glory of God, the good of his people, and the Great Commission. So until next time.